0: Uh, looking at the characters of Christmas as if we're walking through a gallery and looking at their portraits and letting them speak to us. I don't know if you've had a chance yet, but I strongly encourage you to check out the paintings in the foyer. Uh, They are beautiful and powerful and God can use them to speak to us. And today, we want to look through the message at the portrait of Joseph, the forgotten man of Christmas. Uh, I've often said when it comes to the Christmas story, they pay more attention to the sheep and the donkey than they do to Joseph, right? Um, he's, he's a very interesting character. He plays a very important role, but in Scripture, he doesn't say a word. He's the strong, silent type, right? Uh, typical man, uh, a woodworker, a craftsman. Uh, there's a word in Aramaic for his role. It's called te- technon. Uh, you've heard of technology? a uh, technon, a worker, someone who makes things. And uh, we're told that he passed on his craft as a carpenter to his son, uh, his not his biological son, but his stepson, his adoptive son, his earthly son, Jesus. And not only did he pass on his craft, because later Jesus is called the carpenter, but uh, he passes much more. Uh, important values the word of God, the values of the Most High are passed on from one generation to the next. And so I look forward to what we can learn from the life of Joseph, a simple man, a, uh, a careful man, a godly man, a man's man. He has a lot to say to us today. And I'm going to do that in at least the first part, in first person, as I did last week with Zechariah. So I'll have a simple costume, and you'll have to use your imagination and deal with a chubby Joseph. Okay, it is what it is. Okay, so uh, we're gonna we're gonna hear from him in just a few minutes. And before we do, I wanted to have us share what I what I feel is one of the most beautiful new Christmas songs. About four years ago or so, Nicole Nordeman, uh, gifted songwriter, wrote a series of songs to go with a new production of the Christmas Story. And uh, she gets inside the mind and the heart of Mary. Because when you think of Joseph, you have to kind of appreciate the role of Mary. She gets the headline. Uh, She plays center stage. And uh, can you imagine what it was like for her to receive this message from Gabriel that she was to have a child? (laughs) without ever knowing a man sexually. Um, What it must have done to her, what it must have meant for her. And yet, I love her answer. Let it be to me as you have said. Whatever you say, God. And so this song, I think, captures that spirit about as well as any that I know So let's open our hearts and minds to the message of Mary, and then we'll hear the message. I'm Oh, I am Joseph, then Jacob, son of Jacob, son of Matan, son of Eleazar. I can go back all 28 generations to King David, David. I have royal blood in these veins. And I am also 14 generations before David, a descendant of Abraham, an Israelite of the Israelites. And you would think, with that ancestry, a royal heritage, uh, one of God's chosen children that I might be rich or famous. No. no. No, I'm a simple carpenter from a very small town, uh, a place known for being in the middle of nowhere, Nazareth. Can any good thing come from Nazareth? We hope so. Nazareth is the place where Jacob, my father, raised me, taught me his trade, a craftsman, a builder, the the feel of working in wood, the sense of solid things made well was important to us. He taught me his craft. Take care of your tools, pay attention to detail. Measure twice, cut one. And he also taught me to be careful with the things of God. He taught me aura, the law. Honor the Lord in all you do. May every moment of every day, the things I do, big and small, reflect on his greatness. There is no God like our God. My father taught me well. And when I was very young, my parents, both father and mother, did for me what every good parent did for their sons. They chose a wife. Not something you leave to the emotions of teenagers. So, uh, actually, my parents found her parents. And they decided together, we were a match. She would be good for me, and I would be good for her. Joseph and Mary. Mary and Joseph. They they made an agreement, a friendly agreement. Nothing binding or legal. It was called espousal. We were espoused. Our parents made a promise. And then later, as we grew older, their promise became our promise when betrothal took place. Betrothal is the ceremony in which the espousal becomes legal when the grown grown children take responsibility for the choice of their parents. So money was exchanged. Gifts were given, valuable gifts. And a legal document was signed. In one year, we would be husband and wife. In fact, for the year of our betrothal, that's what we were called, husband and wife. So we didn't live together. We were not intimate, but we prepared to be married. We were committed to one another. Or so I thought. Early in our betrothal, Mary Mary was just not herself. She came and said she had to go and visit an elderly relative of hers, a cousin Elizabeth, who was going to have a baby. An old lady going to have a baby. And off she went. And the word came back that it was true. Elderly Elizabeth and her aging husband, Zechariah, had somehow miraculously conceived a child. When Mary returned, she said it caused quite a scene. They took him to the temple to dedicate him as The father had not spoken in nine months, and they asked the baby's name. They decided on John. John. For some strange reason. And so Mary came back and told me all about it. And then she told me the rest. He said, she was going to have a baby, and this baby was a miracle. Yeah, a miracle. One thing one thing to become pregnant without me, I knew I wasn't involved. I, I never slept with her. It wasn't my child. One thing to say she was pregnant with another man's child, and another thing to blame it on God. What was I to do? What would you do? I knew what the law said. So did she. We knew that the law technically demanded that I would take her to the city square that I would name her before everyone as an adulteress and what happened happened in the old days they might stone her probably not not Mary not not now the one thing I had not money not fame was my reputation. I was known as a righteous man. Sadiq. That's our word. Sadiq, someone who has kept all the law as best a man can all of my life. This risk, all of that. I was to take her as my wife no one would believe the story. I, I didn't believe their story. They could do the math, and in six months, we would have a child. No more righteous man. No more eat. I had never eaten unclean food. I had never worked on the Sabbath day. I had never associated with a tax collector or an immoral person so that I could be sariq. And this woman would take it all. But there was something about Mary, my marriage that even though I knew what the law said, I couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. The only other thing to do would be to go privately to one of the elders, to write a bill of divorce, and be done with it. So that's what I decided. I hadn't slept for nights, but once I decided a divorce, I could sleep. I laid down, thinking that things were resolved and everything was settled when the angel came. Mary said she saw an angel, but I didn't believe it until my angel came. In the middle of the night, in a dream, he lit up the room. Joseph, son of David, not son of Jacob, my biological father, son of David, the one, the royal one from whom I was descended. Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. Take Mary home as your wife. For the child that is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And she will bear a son. And you, you, Joseph, will name him Jesus. Yes, you are. God save or he will save his people from their sin. <laughs> quite a dream. <laughs> quite, a, quite a message. She was telling the truth that was all true. We had been chosen, of all the people on this planet, we had been chosen to be the parents of God's only son, not, not his biological father, his earthly father, the one who raised him. He would sit at my table. He would grow up under my roof. I would be the one to teach him his trade. I would be the one to teach him Torah. Yeshua would call me Abba. (laughs) So when I woke, uh, I ran to Mary's parents' place. I ran to their home and told them it was true, and I believed. I believed what Mary had said, that she had received this message from an angel, and she had received this child from Almighty God and I took her as my wife no more Sadiq but now the earthly father of God's only (laughs) son you would think when you accept the call of God when you sacrifice and obey no matter what that things would get easier for them. They didn't. Sometimes, they don't. So it was that the emperor, Caesar Augustus, decreed that when our son was to be born, all the world should be taxed for no reason other than his ego. To, to, to count everyone, to to say what a great kingdom he had and, and to take our money. And everyone had to go to their home city. David's royal blood. Bethlehem, the royal city. And so we went eight days with, with Mary about to have a child. And when we arrived in Bethlehem, you you would think that things would be simple, that they would be easy, but no. There was no place. No place for God's son to be born. And so it came to be that the Son of God was born in the manger. A dirty, smelly deep rock. A strange way to save the world. My father taught me God's ways are higher than my ways. And God's thoughts higher than my thoughts. I would never have thought of this. But because the baby, Jesus, Yeshua, was in a manger, well, that's how they found us. The shepherds. They came after midnight, they said they had seen their own angels a choir singing some song about glory to God and they had had a a sign given to them that they would find the babe wrapped in strips of cloth lying in a manger. perhaps it had been any other way they would have missed it God's ways are higher than my ways and when they had gone as the days proceeded, I knew knew that very important day was coming. Sariq, keeper of the law, righteous man, on the eighth day of my earthly son's life, he was to be taken to the temple in Jerusalem, eight miles from Bethlehem. So we made the journey on the eighth day. We made the sacrifice and offered the gift that was commanded of the parents of a firstborn. Uh, it was to have been a lamb. Except there was an option for the poor. The poorest of the poor could give two doves. We bought the doves in the market. And took them to the priest. They accepted our offering and circumcised our boy. And then they said, What do you name him? And I said, I said, Yes, you are. God saved. he will save his people from their sin. God's ways are higher than. God's thoughts higher than my thoughts, who would have thought that God that Yeshua would call me Abba? so I heard that Brad was up late last night with a sick baby, cramming for the park, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Don't you love the Christmas story? I mean, even a guy like Joseph, who never said anything in his life, you know, could teach us a lot of lessons. So what are the lessons? Well, he was a a steady man who did the right thing, right? I think the world some of those, don't you? Some dads, some granddads, some uncles, some men who are men's men. If do the right thing, can pass on faith to their family. I think I said it last week. Dads, pray for your kids, pray with your kids. Bible at home. No better time to do it than Christmas, right? So you have the Christmas story contained in four chapters in our Bible. The first two chapters of Matthew, the first two chapters of Luke. Get them out. Here all loud share the Christmas story Castle on your face moms and dads uh, the next generation won't just happen to the- the angel um, appeared to him he decided not to have her taken to the public square but he decided to put her away quietly and then of course once the angel did appear to him took her home Uh, there's a thing in scripture about mercy mercy and righteousness are met together Uh, Joseph was a merciful We're not always known to be that as followers of Jesus. You know, in our time, we have a reputation of being harsh and judgmental. Especially when it comes to sexual sin, we're quick to point out other people's sins. And Joseph kind of puts a different light on that. God will judge us, God will determine the right and and then the last thing God knows your name. God has seen every act of sacrifice and every act of service, and it has not gone unnoticed or undoubtedly. Let's pray. Right. Oh God, we love you today because you first loved us and you thought up this strange way to save the world through your only Son, our Savior Save his people from their sins. So save us from our sins. Today, save us from our sins. Teach us to have a humble heart, to extend mercy to those around us, to be faithful, to be examples to a younger generation. here in this moment, we give you ourselves again today. Some of us, maybe for the first time ever, we love you back. Thank you for sending Jesus for us. And there are many of us here in this place who love you again. Like it was the first time. We never want to get used to you. We never want to get over you. We want to live for you. Eu não quero.